Welcome back to Self Love Ignited. Today on the podcast, I am interviewing the amazing Dana Kaplan. Dana and I had the best conversation. We talked all about how she was a Jewish girl, is a Jewish girl, I should say, who grew up in the Deep South and how that was the core foundation to a lot of her feeling like she didn't belong um, and her sort of issues that all related to self-love. Dana talks about how she grew up, came into herself and how she has continued that work as an adult. Dana is an early childhood and social emotional awareness expert, pioneering diversity, equity, inclusion, access, and belonging in action from the womb to 12th grade. Dana propels learners and families with highly effective communication skills, creating space for hard conversations and rich connections between home, school, and for adult learners, the workspace. Through one-on-one private sessions, parent and youth workshops, professional development, and speaking engagements, Dana's niche approach to teaching unleashes vulnerability, invites self-acceptance, increases confidence, and fosters self-compassion. Dana has so much to say, and she comes from such a unique uh, place, both in her personal life and professional life. I know that listening to this, you are going to get so many good little pieces that are going to propel you along your own self-love journey. So without further ado, let's jump on in, and I cannot wait for you to meet Dana. Here she is. My name is Katie Allen, and this is Self Love Ignited. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Self Love Ignited. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Dana Kaplan. Dana, welcome. I'm so excited that we are finally recording after doing just a little bit of chatting beforehand. (laughs) Welcome. Why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself to everybody? Uh, Um... First, thank you for having me. Uh, I am Dana Kaplan, founder and owner of Developing Empathetic Education with Dana. Um, I launched my business after discovering the impact um, of having rich social emotional learning in school um, and the way that learning and self-love and self-awareness all unfold um, through the beauty of emotional intelligence and social intelligence and marrying the two together. What I didn't know um, until after leaving the classroom and really being able to observe on a larger scale of different children and families and across the gamut of humanities that um, we rise in spaces where we are included, where life is accessible to all of us, um, where we feel and know our whole body knows that we belong exactly where we are and um it wasn't happening it was like as much as I wanted to say it was happening you know I can look at a school and say oh my god that's so diverse but there was no equity inclusion access to belonging you know another school it's like oh that's amazing it's so accessible for everyone but everyone was mixing and trying to navigate and felt like they were suffocating in different spaces and I decided that I was going to pioneer a voyage that I am so passionate about and it is creating a space that is diverse equitable inclusive accessible and belonging for everyone from the womb through life's journey and my my primary group that I really work with are 
new parents coming in about to have children so they know how to navigate that space and then obviously going all the way up to kids that are in you know high school and going into college because the reality is we're not talking about DEI information right we're not talking about diversity and equity inclusion until college and that's too late you know we don't want to start there and we will never fully love ourselves and fully accept ourselves until we are authentically standing in our own power and confidently and courageously showing up and using our voice. Um, so that is really important and all the things that I do and also why I was so fascinated by your work because in order to really authentically show up with self-love, you have to be able to authentically know who you are. Yeah. And we are not taught how to do that as humans. So um, it's been a, it's, it's a, a joy and a consistent learning experience. And I am forever grateful. That's incredible. It sounds like you are exactly where you're meant to be. You know, it's, it sounds like you, you saw this, this need and we're, we're going to get into your, you know, your own personal story in a second, but you know, you, you stood back and you witnessed what was lacking. You saw what there was, you saw what there wasn't, and you decided to do something about it. And there, it takes a special mm -hmm. kind of person to do something about it. So I hope that you can sort of, you know, commend yourself for that. Give yourself a pat on the back. I am. I'm celebrating it for actually two reasons, probably more than that, but two distinct reasons. One is, um, you're right. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be doing the work that I so intentionally wanting to do in the world and I think that because I come into it from the lens of nothing is broken no one is broken this is just what we know right and I don't like to use like it you know like as we were talking earlier it just is what it is or it's just what we know but let's call a spade a spade this is our society and this is the societal norms that we've been in taught and continued breeding throughout centuries and so nothing is broken we just need to now look at what can we do better yeah. how can we do better where can we do better what can be changed right it's not coming in to fix anything it's coming in to expand on such a grandiose level that um that while it feels scary to make the changes we all as a collective reap the benefits. And that's really what it's about. Yeah. And so, yes, I do celebrate and I do love what I'm doing Good. very much. I love it. I love it. So I want to get into you, the background of you. Now <laughs> <laughs> you got here. <laughs> uh, the background um, of me. Well, you know, um, my mom said she'd get pregnant and then my dad's like no you won't and then yeah my mom was pregnant in a hot second like we can go there or you really want to get my story um <laughs> I can't wait to share this podcast with my parents that's gonna be a really great one um so my story I am a Jewish girl from the deep south in Georgia um and when I say the deep south is the Chattahoochee River divided Alabama and Georgia where I grew up um my dad I grew up in the same um City, and I use air quotes intentionally because it feels like a very small town um, where my dad grew up. Um, so my parents met in Atlanta, Georgia. 
uh, they moved down to Columbus, Georgia, where, where I grew up. And um, we, there were, there's a small Jewish population, there was a small Jewish population then it's even like a fraction of what it was today. I mean, it's even a, a smaller fraction today, but, um, but when you are growing up in a space and you do not feel like you belong, you do not feel like you fit in, um, you're constantly trying to explain yourself, to find a connection um, on the social level. And then on the emotional level, it's what's wrong with me? Um, why is this so hard? Uh, and then you go into it on, a, on an even deeper level, right? Then it goes into something's happening at school that I don't understand, right? Like, why is it so hard for me to remember certain information? And because of where we were, um, you know, there are lots of different variables that impacted how I showed up at school, how I showed up in my social life, how I showed up in my family life, how I was a consistent, and now I am a recovering, the consistent people pleaser. And now I'm a recovering people pleaser. Like I still have to catch myself. Um, and how we take on these different roles in our life to compensate for what's missing. And so when I grew up not knowing who I was and what I was and where I was and all the things, it was very easy for the superficial piece for people to see white privilege with me. But the reality is that the hatred and the meanness and the um, the, the judgment, you know, it, it was so intense that it prohibited me from actually questioning, getting curious, you know, and curiosity is, is the secret ingredient to life, right? But when you're so, when you're in a state of fight and flight your entire life, survival mode, right? And that's really what it felt like. And, um, and it's an unfortunate feeling to have. And so, um, and I say that, and I do not want one ounce of pity or sorrow from anyone, because I know that that part of my life is how and what and why I am sitting where I'm sitting right now. Um, and so my, my, commitment to making a change in the world, my commitment to making sure that education was different, my commitment to having um, what I once called hard conversations, which were in fact uncomfortable conversations, being able to have all of these um, broadband critical thinking superpowers became um, my intention. I guess you could easily say it was like my intention. Like I want everyone to be able to show up and feel free. I want everyone to um, address how they want to dress, say what they want to say, like kindness though, right? It's not come in and say what you want to say and be mean. It's think before you speak. Mm -hmm. What is my intention behind my words? And so when I became an educator, um, I, I had many, many, many um, experiences where I was still being tested, right? I worked in an all black school. I was one of three white educators my first year right out of grad school. And that was interesting because I was told, what can you do here? And I was like, well, I don't know, what can you do here, right? And so again, coming into a space where you're not coming in to fix something, nothing's broken that I'm walking into. It's just that I know we can do better. I know we can do better than this. Mm -hmm. And so that's been, I guess, kind of 
I think that's been my fuel. It's not kind of, I think that actually is my fuel that every time when I committed to education, when I committed to, to creating programs for children, when they were displaced due to, you know, natural weather causes or, you know, to various experiences in life, like, um, or when, when I was in New York and we had to, um, to adjust really quickly to changes happening in our day, right? Because of safety purposes or what have you, it's more of, nothing's broken here, let's come in and how can we do better, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing needs to be fixed, this is what's been consistent and now it's time that we can change it and make it better. Mm -hmm. um, and so having that, that perspective of how can I make things better versus how can I fix the situation has been with me my entire trajectory through education. And when I chose to leave the classroom, um, I chose to leave it because I knew that I could do more. I knew that I wasn't, meeting the needs and meeting enough people that weren't they weren't we aren't sure what to ask right like we're always told we'll just ask the question but like what is that question that we're supposed to ask yeah. right <laughs> we don't know what we don't know and so that became like a big game for me it's like oh you don't know how to ask that question you don't even know what question you're supposed to ask right now that's amazing and so throughout my learning journey both as a learner and also as an educator and as a coach and as a facilitator and as a public speaker, a public figure, it became even more and more aware to me that unless we are taught how we learn, unless we become very clear cut on what is my thought process, how do I view myself? How does my view of myself impact how I show up in the world? We can never be what we really wanna be. Right? We can never be the engineer that's going to create next level computers. We can never be the medical, um, you know, the the medical breakthrough, the scientist that we want to be because we're we're second guessing ourselves, right? And so, what I learned was that empowering confidence, empowering confidence—not just empowering, but empowering confidence, empowering courage, empowering compassion. So that we can bring in this self-compassion and this self-work and self-love um, was the magic, like the magic ingredient. And so um, it's part of, it is why I do the work in the world that I do today for children and families. It is why I know that I'm so committed to making a difference in our world because I don't want children. I don't want parents. I don't want humanity to experience what I did as a little girl, you know, not being able to say, hey, listen, I'm Jewish, I'm going to synagogue on a Thursday because it's a religious holiday, just like you go on Christmas, right? Or, you know what, um, I actually did not understand a word you just said, I need you to draw out everything you want me to do. And I need you to sit down and talk me through it because that's not how I learn. I don't learn just by listening, right? So it's so many key components about who we are as humans. Mm -hmm that then allow us to thrive, right? We're, we don't want to strive, we want to thrive. Yeah, yeah. And so that's really what it, that's, that's how my story got me to where I am today <laughs> and continues to push me to where I'm going. <laughs> how, how did, so as a Jewish girl growing up in the South, like you said, there was a lot of judgment. There was a lot of people just didn't understand. There was like, how did you develop this confidence inside of yourself how did that blossom because it would be really easy 
for many, many people in the same situation to just stay in that, to just have that be their truth and their existence. But you are sitting here in front of me, very much not that poor me, sad person, I'm being judged, right? You are, you are not that person. So do you know, like, what did that journey look like for you? Oh, that's a really fantastic question. Um, it takes a lot for me to um, really like, you know, I don't, um, it's a really great question. I, I, as a recovering people pleaser, you know, constantly trying to make everyone happy in my entire world. Um, I think that it took me, you know, friendships that I no longer have. And I think it took um, having what, again, what I once called hard conversations that are truly uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations with family members and with clients and with colleagues and with bosses. Um, I think that knowing that it's scarier not to speak than it is to speak. And I think that's really what it is. It's scarier for me not to speak and for me to die today knowing that I kept my mouth shut mm -hmm. instead of standing up either for myself or for the people next to me or the people that I don't know. And so I am so grateful that you see that confidence. I'm so grateful that you feel the confidence mm -hmm. because my hope is that I can radiate that for others to absorb when they're not there yet. Yeah. Right. And I think um, I don't, I, I definitely cannot pinpoint one specific, but I definitely know for sure that, I mean, you know, even an hour ago when we were just talking and, I can't even believe how long it's been that we've now been talking. Um, nope. <laughs> just to be honest, um, not that I would ever lie, but like, just to be clear, I cannot believe we're still like, there's so much more we can talk about. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, even then, like having the raw, authentic conversation that we were having before we started keeping, like, I think that that, that all comes with, I don't want to die without speaking and knowing that I'm listening to learn as much as I'm intentionally sharing, because whatever you're saying to me is equally important so that I can learn and I can grow. And I think, um, so yeah, I think that's a really roundabout way of answering your question. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I, I mean, I think you're right. Like there is no, there is no like event right? This, it is our evolution as human beings and it is us. And I think a lot of this typically for most people is just part of growing up, right? And growing up and finding mm -hmm. ourselves and doing that self-discovery, but also being willing to have the, the conversations, ha being willing to get uncomfortable, being willing to look at things from a new point of view, being willing to not just stay in the little box that you were raised in, being willing to, you know, yeah. poke, get out of your comfort zone and just say like, what's life like out here? what does this look like? What does this feel like? And I don't know about you, but that has been a big part of my self-love journey is honoring that I need that, 
you know, like that, that's part yep. of what makes me happy is like being uncomfortable and doing, doing things that other people sometimes look at and they go, what's, why would you do that? To me, that is self-love. I, that fills my soul. Mm-hmm. You know, totally agree. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. And I think to your point, you know, um, you know, to go from being in a traditional classroom setting where I've made a name for myself in an environment that is really hard to make a name for yourself, right? Who makes a name for yourself in a New York City public education? (laughs) I made a name for myself. I've done all this hard work, um, you know, but no award could ever reward me to how I feel right now, knowing that I have the freedom to speak to people that I never would have been able to speak to. You know, and I think that that is the most spectacular gift because it's very uncomfortable for everyone in my world. Well, that's not true. It's very uncomfortable for a lot of people in my world to know that I am without an apartment, that I am choosing to travel and feel different cities and spaces to, to decide where I want to be right now. While I am building my business, building programs, networking, connecting all the different things, right? So I think it's really, um, I think it comes without, it comes because you and I both are releasing the self-judgment, which is a huge piece of self-love, releasing the self-judgment in order to do the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. because we're not looking for an outcome we're not looking for a perfect way it's just we're experiencing it is simply being like we were talking earlier being present and being aware of what we want that makes us tick and fill us and you know all the greatness so I think um to your point very much so it's people can ask me why um and it's more on their fears than it is on my on my end. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I feel you a hundred percent. I completely <laughs> understand that. I completely understand that. Yes. Yes. And I'm really curious, you, if you could go back and speak to your younger self, if you could go back and speak to that little girl who was in the South and felt like she didn't belong and was sort of at the receiving end of a lot of maybe not so nice things, what advice would you give her? What would you say to her? to help her in that moment, do you think? That is a great question. I know for sure that I would tell her to stand tall and to speak, speak her truth um, and speak up, not loudly, but speak up, speak up so everyone can hear. And there's a difference between being loud and articulate. And I want to be articulate. And I think that's the piece that, um, and that is exactly why I choose to work with parents and children today. Because when when, when parents, clearly I'm merging the world, when children speak up to their parents, there is such a profound joy and exponential wealth that comes out of observing humans so young single digits standing up and saying exactly what they want 
the reason they want it, how they're going to do it. Um, you know, finding the balance between playing and learning and doing all the responsibilities. And I think that's really, I would really, it's the, it, it's what I, I tell all of my students, if I could go back in time, it's the one thing that I would say to her. Now, I don't know if I would have always done it, right? I, I just like, you know, my students don't always do it. It's just like, we don't always do it as adults. But I think that that is the number one lesson is um, stand up, stand up, sit down. It's one of my favorite phrases that I learned in a book that I read, um, I don't know, maybe 15, 16 years ago. And it's literally that concept is to stand up just so you can sit down. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If there is there, other than, you know, standing up and speaking up, is there any other like exercise or practice or ritual or something that you have found in your own life that has helped you sort of embody this self-love? Is there any particular thing that you would recommend to somebody else who's maybe listening to this and maybe struggling and maybe feels like they don't know how to love themselves yet? I was taught how to create new beliefs uh, to reframe my thinking. Um, so where I once would, you know, be outside going for a run and a hill comes, I'd be like, run, you fucking bitch, run, run, run. And now it's like, oh my God, you're doing such a great job. Come on, Dana, you can do it. You're almost there. You're doing such a great job. Take one more breath. You've got it. You're, you're, this is what it's like to, to exert energy. You're exerting the energy. You're going to feel so great when you finish, right? So it's literally changing how you talk to yourself. So it's, it's a belief system and it's a language system that you have in, in your mind. And it's reframing, how do I speak to myself? Reframing, how do I want the world to speak to me, right? Because what we put into the world is what we're going to get back. So if I speak to myself and call myself horrific phrases and say horrific statements to myself, then there's no other reason that I won't receive the same back. And not for anything. I mean, it's as simple as yesterday. Like I was having a very interesting day. I want to call it weird. I want to call it icky. I want to, you know, name the day that I was having, but it was just a, an off day. And I didn't feel good. Like I didn't, like I knew my energy was off. I knew something was missing and I didn't know what it was. And I, I felt it also when I was engaging with people that I didn't know and I did not like how I was showing up at all. And it would have been a very easy space for me to become really down on myself, right? To become really critical of myself. And instead it's like, no, I'm gonna stand back and I'm gonna take radical personal responsibility and say, you know what? I didn't show up as my best self yesterday. I don't really like it. It's okay, things happen. I'll do better tomorrow, right? Now, that doesn't mean the entire day was off. It doesn't mean the entire day was horrible. I mean, I had one of my best coaching calls I've ever had with a client yesterday because I was channeling, okay, how do I want her to feel? And the way I want her to feel is the energy I'm going to reciprocate back to her, right? So again, it's, it's reframing. How are we talking to ourselves? What are we doing? Um, how are we showing up? You know, I think that that, that plays a really big role and and what we're doing uh, and, and, and how we do it. Yeah. 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 I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Our, our self talk, that voice inside our head, whether it comes out of our mouth or not, some people it does, some people it doesn't, but how we speak to ourselves, how we think about ourselves 
inside our head, the beliefs that we hold about ourselves. That's huge. And that's the root, right? That's where it starts. And that is what, yeah. crea- that's what creates our reality. That's what creates our life on the outside. Yes. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So Dana, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, if they've heard you speak about education in a way that maybe has blown their mind. I know when I first met you, it was like a completely (laughs) new way of thinking about things. And it's absolutely incredible, incredible. If somebody wants to get in touch with you or find out more about the work that you do, where is the best place for them to do so? Uh, They can go to my website at danakaplanteach.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram. So just um, put that you can just put Dana Kaplan in and you'll, it'll show up um, okay. as the pioneer in diversity, equity, inclusion, access and belonging in action from the womb to 12th grade because I am pioneering all this amazingness and I'm really excited about it. And whoever's listening and you want to get involved, please reach out. Like this is not a one-man show. This is an entirety. This is all of humanity. Like let's move this along together. Let's Yesterday I was having a conversation and I was like, I do not want people ending up in the boardroom. I want them starting in the playroom. So when they get to the boardroom, they know how to play. Yes. I do not want you getting to the boardroom and not knowing how to play. Ooh, that's big. Yeah. That is big. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure all those links that you mentioned, your website, LinkedIn and Instagram, we'll put all the links to those in the show notes so that it's very easy just to click through um, from Wonderful. here. Thank you. Um, so Dana, it, it, it's been an absolute joy speaking to you for so many reasons I've just loved our conversation and as we're sort of getting ready to wrap up I just want to ask is there anything else you would like to add is there anything else on your mind or on your heart that feels like it wants to be expressed I think just pure gratitude for you like you know um it's we've now been together almost two hours like it's just bananas you know and I think that goes back to where we first started talking about creating spaciousness and being present and um I just I I have so much gratitude that you not only invited me into your world but also that um it's more than being on a podcast it's it's real relationship it's real connection it's real life and so I think that's really what I want to share is to your audience to let them know how um, beautiful it is that they have you. Um, and now I get to be part of it. So thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I think that's one of the <laughs> nicest things anyone's ever said about me. Thank you. Thank you. I mean it. I take that with so much love. I accept that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's leave it there. Otherwise you and I are going to go for two more hours and (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to miss yoga. I know. I know. And you're going to miss yoga. So let's leave it there, Dana. It has been absolutely wonderful having you on as a guest on self love ignited. I've loved speaking with you. I have loved sort of being able to pick your brain and learning about your journey and your mission and the way that you are changing the world and you're doing wonderful things so thank you thank you so much thank you thank you for having me and wishing everyone a gorgeous day wherever you are
All of the links mentioned during the episode are down in the show notes. Please make sure to go on over and check them out. Also, please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And I would be forever grateful if you would go on over and leave us a review on iTunes as well. That's going to help this message reach more women. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Here is to you loving yourself.